You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable and fixed blade knives and game processing kits. Now, in my bag this year, I had the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit. It comes in a very compact, handy carrying case, and one handle has the replaceable blade knife and the gutting blade. The other handle has the saw that comes with it. So, I use the saw to split the pelvis, and I use the gut hook to open up the cavity and the blade to start cutting all the stuff out, right? So uh, it makes cleaning a deer very simple, very easy, and the the knife is sharp. And uh, if you've ever had to gut a deer with a dull knife, we all know how much that sucks. So um, take a look at the Razor Pro Saw Combo Kit and uh, head on over to OutdoorEdge.com and enter the discount code NATION30. That's NATION30 for 30% savings on your purchase. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Podcast where you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Check one, two, check one, two. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show this week. I am very excited because as I record this, it is like 70 degrees warmer than last time I recorded, and I am oh so happy about that. I hope everybody made it through the uh, ice apocalypse okay. I hope you all enjoyed the show last week. Man, that was a rough one. Uh, I think I might have mentioned like in my introduction episode that I recent, recently went to work for uh, a home builder, and... This week has been nothing but finding leaks, trying to fix leaks, trying to find plumbing supplies, which is very hard to find right now, um, taking calls about people who had busted pipes that now need to remodel their house, talking to insurance companies. Um, man, yeah, it's been a busy week for us. But uh, fortunately, we've uh, we've had some pretty happy homeowners. Uh, I'm guessing the insurance companies are not so happy because I know they're just getting pounded with claims. But worked out all right for us, and uh, most of the people we've uh, we've talked to, they haven't had like extensive damage. You know, they've had just enough to where they're actually kind of excited because they get a new kitchen or a new bathroom and that type of thing. So we haven't met anybody who's had to like move out of their house. Uh, I know there are some people that had you know worse damage, and so. My uh, thoughts and prayers definitely still go out to those people, and I hope nobody listening um, had that you know huge catastrophe go on in their house because um, that would not be fun. So, 
But enough of that. The ice apocalypse is behind us. It's warming up, and I am just ready to forget about it. I'm very ready for spring. Um, man, my goodness, I like. I've talked about this several times. Like, I'm not a huge fisherman, but for whatever reason, like this year, I am just dying to fish. Absolutely dying. And Mother Nature will not cooperate. Well, there was you know, all the ponds were iced up the last two weekends. And then, of course, this weekend, it's going to rain. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, it, it only wants to rain on weekends this year. I feel like it's pretty all week, and then wham, rain, Saturday, rain, Sunday, rain. So, so yeah, that's where I'm sitting right now. I'm recording this. I want to go fishing, but it's supposed to rain all weekend. So, hopefully, wherever you're listening to this, maybe it won't rain, and you can get out there on the water or just do something fun outside. I, I'm dying to get outside after being cooped up. Uh, with all that nasty weather, so, oh man, enough of that stuff, (laughs) welcome to the show today, today we're going to be talking everything hog killing, and I'm not talking hunting, I'm talking killing, I have, um, you know, I've been saying on several episodes that I need to do a hog episode, and this is it, I I do not like hogs. I'm like, just get that out there right now, I don't like hogs, as a landowner, as a previous rancher, they just destroy everything. They run deer off. They tear up food plots. They tear up fields. They tear up crops. I don't like them. And so this whole episode is going to be dedicated to killing wild hogs. And so I hope you guys are ready for it. This is a great episode to send maybe an out-of-state buddy. If you got a, a buddy up north or out west or you know somewhere where they don't have hogs. Man, it's an exciting thing. Uh, you know, I went to school in Idaho, and it was so funny because I'm like, to me, I'm in the land of awesome hunting. Like, they got elk, bear, mule deer, like, all that cool stuff. Anytime I told somebody I was from Oklahoma, they were like, oh, y'all have hogs, don't you? And they'd get super excited. And I'm like, yeah, like, I'll, I'll gladly trade you a hog hunt for an elk trip, like, any day of the week. And uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went to uh, the Iowa Deer Classic just for a little getaway weekend i drug her along with me and uh you know i'm i'm like in the land of giant whitetails like when people talk about wanting to go whitetail hunting a lot of people dream of the midwest and iowa specifically and i'm meeting all these people and shaking hands and stuff and i they you know always ask where i was from and i'd tell them oklahoma and oh you got hogs I'm like, yeah like i'll trade you a deer hunt for a hawk hunt any day so so yeah, this is a great episode for, you know, if you're from Oklahoma, surrounding state, if you're from a hog state, if you're from somewhere, you know, else where you don't have hogs, first off, congratulations. Second off, this is going to be a great educational episode. If you've ever wanted a hog hunt, I have a whole list here. I'm going to go through a bunch of situations. I'm going to talk about weapons. I'm going to talk about, you know, are they really as dangerous as people think they are? All that stuff. Like I got... I got a whole sheet typed up here, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I hope you guys are ready. I'm ready, and so without further ado, get ready for a hog-killing episode. So I like to think I'm pretty good at killing deer. Uh, I've killed some turkeys. I have killed a lot of ducks in my day. I've caught some fish, but there's one critter that just, for some reason, like I just seem to get it, and that is hogs. I I killed my first hog when I was probably 14, and uh, after some trying, you know, I had some some trial and error, and for whatever reason, though, after I killed that first one, like, I just, I just kept killing and kept killing, 
and I've killed hogs in a bunch of different ways. I've killed them with a bunch of different things, and we'll kind of get into that more later as we go. But I just want to preface that, like, this is one thing that I can say I fully, I know what I'm talking about. I've done this a lot. I've killed quite a few, and I'm not trying to brag. I just I just want people to know, like, I feel confident with the information I'm about to share. Got a lot of experience. Um, I guess, you know, if I killed my first one when I'm 14, or when I was 14, I'm 31 now, so that's like 16, 17 years of hog hunting. And um, I actually kept track uh, for a while of how many hogs I had killed, and I lost track around 65, something like that. And and that was, I mean, years ago when I lost track. So I just want to throw that to, out there to say that, like, I've killed some hogs. And so as I go down my list here, um, yeah, again, it, it sounds like I'm bragging, but I really just want to get my credentials out there. So so the way I want to do this is uh, I want to start out with just talking about weapons, you know, what you're going to need to kill a hog in the first place. And then we're going to kind of go through and basically just sort out all the different situations. You know, everything from sitting over a feeder to using a thermal at night. And so so to kick things off, I want to talk about weapons. And for most people, when they think about hog hunting, I nine times out of ten, the first thing that comes to their mind is an AR-15. And you can definitely kill a hog with an AR-15, but if I'm being completely honest, that is not my first choice as a hog gun. Um it's you know kind of a smaller caliber a lot of times people are using cheap bullets because that's just kind of what they have you know they they make they pump out 223 ammo especially nowadays you know it's just as fast as they can make it but a lot of the ammo they're pumping out are you know 55 grain full metal jacket and full metal jacket is not the preferred hog round you know it's just it's you got a small bullet it doesn't expand it goes super fast and a lot of times it just kind of goes through a hog and as most people know like hogs don't bleed well they have super thick skin they got that cartilage around their shoulder and uh and it's just not a great round like a 223 is just not a great hog round and then uh a lot of times also with a ar-15 people are using like like you know almost no zoom you got a red dot um maybe open sights uh so you just you know once those hogs get out there to a little distance Sure, you have a lot of rounds, but you're probably not shooting them very accurately. And so, again, you know, there are certain situations where AR-15 works really well, and I've used them, but but it's just not my preferred weapon uh, when it comes to shooting hogs. If you do want that AR platform, I would definitely say an AR-10 is the way to go. You know, bump it up to the 308 version. You got the rapid, uh, got the rapid fire, but you got a whole lot more bullet behind you. And, you know, like everybody's dream is getting a bunch of hogs out in a wide open area and just mowing them down with the AR. And you just don't find that situation a lot, especially in the daytime. Um, but you know, if you do, AR 10 is definitely the way to go. And especially, you know, you really get, and this is why I'm not a huge fan of the AR 15 as a hog gun. You really just get one good shot. You know, you get one, that first shot and then they're going to start running. And you know, if you're shooting that two, two, three, you know, shooting at a running animal, you just, even if you hit them, you know, it's, it's not doing much to them, but if you bump it up to the 308, you know, at least you're getting more bang for your buck. And, um, and a lot of times, even if you don't hit them good, you know, it'll at least kind of stop them for a second and you can get that extra round in them and then move on to the next target. And so if you do want to go AR style, I would definitely suggest a 308. But, uh, honestly, my preferred weapon for a hog gun is 
a bolt action. Um, more accurate. A lot of times you got a scope on there. Most of the time you got a scope on there. And uh, and I really like a mid-range caliber with a low power scope. And so I'm talking about, you know, my, my favorite hog gun, the gun that I've probably killed more hogs with than any other gun, and it's kind of on the smaller side, is a 22-250 with a 2 to 10 power scope. Uh, I've had that gun since I was 18 years old, and that's part of the reason I've killed so many hogs with it, because I've had it for such a long time. But, uh, and again, that's kind of on the small side, that 22-250. But I mean, I've, I've killed them, shooting them through the shoulder, uh, shoot them through the head. I'm a big proponent of head shooting, you know, if you got a situation where the hog is still, um, but honestly, you know, just your deer rifle, 308, 270, 30-06, 6.5 Creedmoors, you know, gotten super popular the last couple of years. I would much rather have a good bolt gun over an AR, uh, especially like, you know, if you're sitting in a blind, something like that, because you, you know, your first shot is really going to count then. And, you know, if they do scatter or whatever, you know, with a little bit of practice, like I'm pretty fast with a bolt gun. So you get that first good shot, work the bolt. And a lot of times you get a pretty good second shot, you know, sometimes like a lot of times when you shoot one, they just kind of scatter and stand there for a second and you got a follow-up shot and so and if you're hunting you know like a lot of places in oklahoma especially in eastern oklahoma just i keep making the point of why i don't prefer the ar why i prefer the bolt gun over the ar a lot of times you're gonna be hunting in in thick vegetation you know in trees or maybe on a field edge something like that and so a lot of times you know you get that first shot and the hogs scatter and then the trees and so there's no point to having 30 rounds if you only have time to shoot two of them. And so, again, don't get me wrong. Tons of people kill hogs with AR-15s. Like, you can definitely do it. But, you know, if you're coming from out of state or you're not familiar with hogs or whatever, you know, if it's a big deal, like, I would much prefer a good bolt gun with a low-power uh, low scope over an AR-15. So that's just my two cents. But, again... You can kill them with anything. You know, hogs have a, a reputation of being a super tough animal, and they are, but they're not bulletproof. You know, like I've killed them with 22s, I've killed them with uh, 9mm, 357, AK-47, uh, buckshot slugs, and, you know, all the way up to my 300 Win Mag. You know, like you can kill them with just about anything. I don't recommend taking the 22 as your main hog gun, but, you know, I have done it with the right situation, you know, close range, headshot type thing, so. My my last thing with weapons is uh, it's more about uh, shot placement than anything else. And a lot of people are used to shooting deer, and then the hog comes out, and they shoot them like they shoot a deer, and then they don't find their animal. And that's because a hog's vitals actually sit further forward than a deer's do. A deer's does. Oh, man, that's a, that's a hard sentence to say. Sit further forward than a deer's do. Yeah. Um, and you know, that heart and their lungs are kind of tucked up there more behind the shoulder. And so, you know, if you're using your deer rifle, if you're, sh you know, shooting a 308, 270, 30 out six, any of those, I actually prefer to shoot through the shoulder instead of behind. And growing up, I always heard that hogs have an armor, you know, an armored plate over their shoulder and that big cartilage and you can't cut through it. You can't shut, you know, shoot through it or anything. And Maybe in 1980 they had that problem, but with guns today and bullets today, I've had absolutely no problem shooting th straight through the shoulder on even big hogs. Like, I, you know, I've killed some pretty big hogs, and uh, man, I, I love going through the shoulder. 
But my honestly, my favorite shot, you know, if you're again, if you're in in the right situation in a blind or whatever, go for the headshot. You know, if you're comfortable with your shooting, you know, wait for that hog to turn sideways, put those crosshairs just below its ear and pull the trigger and that hog will not take a step. They're just going to fall right where they are. You know, I'm not a very big fan of shooting deer in the head. Uh, because it's a very small target, you know, if you have that ability and that's what you like to do, sure, go for it. But, uh, man, a hog's head, like a hog's head is almost as big as its vitals. You know, they, they really don't have a neck. It just kind of goes from their body and then all of a sudden there's a snout. And so I feel much more comfortable making a headshot on a hog than I do on a deer. And it's just the quickest, best way in my opinion. So, so if you feel up to it, I would definitely recommend a headshot. Um, if you're not as comfortable when you're shooting, just move back to that shoulder, put it straight through the shoulder. Remember not behind straight through the shoulder and you're going to have a dead pig. And I almost forgot about bows before we move on. I got to cover bows. If you're going to shoot a, a hog with a bow, you really have to be patient. You have to wait for the right shot. I unfortunately have made some bad shots on hogs never found them, never got my arrow back you really want to be patient and wait for that perfect quartering away shot, especially on a big hog. Um, you, man, you got to hit those things perfect right behind the shoulder, quartering away. Uh, I like to aim halfway through the body. You know, the arrow is going to carry down depending on your angle. You know, it's going to, it's going to go down and use a good broadhead. About two years ago, I was actually deer hunting and uh, a big pig came out. I mean, 200 plus pound pig. And I actually took my good arrow that I was using for deer off and uh, put a, a different arrow on that I had an older broadhead that actually a buddy of mine uh, had given me probably 10 years before. And I just found them in the closet and I didn't want to shoot a deer with them just because I didn't trust them and they were a little different. But I was going to shoot a pig with it. And so this hog comes out, put this arrow on and it was an older mechanical broadhead and I hit the pig perfectly but that sucker was so tough that just the very tip of the broadhead punctured the skin and the pig actually like trotted forward maybe four or five steps and just started feeding again with the arrow sticking out of it. And, uh, and the, the arrow actually fell out of it the next time it took a step forward. And I was pretty amazed, but I, I grabbed the, the other arrow, the one that I had had on there for deer and uh same distance same situation same shot pulled back and drilled it and so the only thing that changed there was the broadhead so if you're gonna hunt pigs uh with your bow make sure you get a good cut on contact broadhead so now that we know how to kill them when we see them and what to kill them with let's talk about how to find them and so the first situation we're going to go through is hunting over a feeder or bait and by far and away, the easiest is a feeder. But, you know, if you can't afford it or that doesn't work for you, uh, bait works just fine. My only uh, advice is, is if you're going to hand bait, make sure you can do it consistently. You know, you can't just throw a bucket of corn out there and come back a week later and kill a hog. You know, it's just not going to work like that. They're either going to come too early, too late uh, at night. Um and so hand baiting, it can work. You just got to be committed if that's what you're going to do. Um, but for this, because a lot of people do uh, have feeders in Oklahoma and surrounding states, we're going to focus on feeders. So when I get a feeder set up, I like to let it run for at least a week. Um, and the longer you can let it run, I mean, the more time you can give it, 
the better it's going to be and the more patternable and predictable those hogs are going to be. Because even more so than a deer, uh, when hogs figure out that feeder, they stick to it like candy. Um, you know, they, when it goes off, they're going to be there. You can almost guarantee it. And again, like the longer period of time you can give them to get used to it, the better. And so I like to give it at least a week. Um, and then, you know, if you can get out there two, three weeks in advance, you're just going to up your chances. And so I like to give it at least a week. And if you're going to hunt from a blind, I like to have at least five feet of elevation, um, even if you're up close, like even if you're setting it up to bow hunting, you're going to be in a ground blind or something. If you can get five feet off the ground, you're almost invisible. Um, hogs, just the way they work, the way their body is, they don't look up a lot. You know, their head kind of naturally looks down at the ground. Um, they have decent eyes, but that's not what they rely on. You know, they rely on their nose. And so if, if you can get a blind five feet off the ground, you're golden. Um, if you're going to use a ladder stand, tree stand, obviously, you know, most of those come 16 feet tall or whatever, um, or you're going to have a ladder or sticks or steps that are going to, you know, get up into the tree. Uh, but I like to be at least five feet off the ground. If you're sitting off, you know, 80, 100 yards, then on the ground is just fine. You know, as long as you have some stuff around you to, to break up your outline, you're going to be okay. Um but if you get them coming in consistently, um, or, you know, if you're going to just throw it out there and hunt it ever so often, the key to hunting a feeder is just patience. Um, let those hogs come out, let them come all the way into the bait and let them get comfortable. Don't rush it. Don't think you have to get a shot off as they're coming in. They're going to test the surroundings when they come out. They're going to stop. They're going to look around. You'll see them put their nose up in the air, smelling. They're going to come in a little cautiously, but when they get to that bait, and especially, you know, like I said, if you've been feeding them for a week or two and they've kind of gotten comfortable around that site already, they're going to be very calm after they've been there for a couple minutes. And so just let them come in and let them get comfortable. Take your time and make a good shot. And whether you're using a bolt action, an AR, a bow, doesn't matter, you know, really take your time on that first shot. If you got a if you got a single hog, obviously, then you know you shoot it and you're done. If you got a group coming in, um, more power to you to try to get more than one. Um, I do it. I keep shooting until I can't shoot anymore. Um, but you you definitely want to make sure that first shot counts. Don't get excited. Don't think about them running. Don't just put all that aside for a second. Make that first shot count. Um, I've been with a lot of first timers. And they have this big group out there and they're already seeing that picture of a stack of hogs. And then they end up with none because they rush the first shot and try to start shooting. Make your first shot count and then move to your next target. And a lot of times I like to come off the scope for a second and kind of survey the area. Because if there's multiple hogs, they're gonna they're not going to know where to go at first. You know, some are going to go left, some are going to go right, towards you, away from you, all that. And a lot of times you can find one that's kind of a loner. You know, maybe maybe most of them went left and one accidentally turned right. A lot of times that hog will stop and look around and try to figure out what's going on and give you time to get that second shot. And then, you know, you can go for the runners and, you know, shoot them in the butt as they're going away if you want to. A lot of times by the time you get that second shot off, I don't care if you're using a bolt action or AR-15, a lot of times by that second shot, they're gone and in the trees or the grass or, you know, whatever type of terrain you're hunting. And so really make that first shot count, survey the area, and then go for the second shot. If you are using a bow, kind of like I talked about earlier, 
man, make that first shot count because you're probably only going to get one. Uh, it's pretty rare that they stick around. Um, you know, I have had a few instances where they ran a little way and stopped. Um, but I don't know, for some reason I've just, maybe it's because I'm not quick enough in the moment. I've never got a second shot at a hog with my bow. I have gotten a second shot if I've missed, you know, that's a different story. But if you hit that animal, they're probably going to take off running. Um, but really wait, uh, like I talked about earlier, wait for that quarter and away shot, put it behind the shoulder, use a good broadhead, and you're going to get a kill on that animal. So feeders are pretty straightforward. You know, the biggest thing is just letting them be patient. Let them come out. Um, you know, I've even gotten to to the point where I've, not that it's not exciting, but, you know, I've, I've done it quite a bit. And so I've gotten to where I'll be patient enough, patient enough, and I'll try to let two of those suckers line up to where I can get a double head shot. You know, one coming from the right, one coming from the left. And as soon as they kind of step in front of each other, pull the trigger and a lot of times you can get two with one shot. Even if you're not using, you know, you don't have to have a 300 wind mag to pull that off. If you're using your deer rifle, like I talked about, a lot of times you can get a two for one. And that's that's just fun and cool to brag about. So, so yeah, when it comes to feeders, the key is just be patient. So, up next, we're going to talk about spot and stock. And the first thing I want to throw out there with spot and stock is don't underestimate their vision. You know, hogs are not known for their vision but if you're doing this in daylight, you know, anytime it's daylight, they can see and they can see pretty well and they'll pick up on movement. And so definitely, you know, you have to watch yourself. You can't just walk out there towards them. And then they actually hear pretty well, too. Um, so even if you have good cover and the wind in your favor, you still got to watch your step. Um, they hear clangs. It seems like better, almost better than deer. You know, if you if you hit your the metal ring on your sling, you know, against the gun or something like that. Um, they have pretty decent hearing. And so you got to watch out for that. But obviously by far and away, their biggest tool is their nose. And so if you're getting ready for a spot in stock before you, you know, really start going after that, you got to watch your wind. Um, you know, crosswinds are okay. You just got to make sure they're not quartering too, because, they can smell, and they can smell good. And so you want to have the wind in your favor before you start making your final approach for sure. Um, and then you also want to hug cover as long as you can. Like I talked about with their eyes, you know, they can see. And even if you're walking along a tree line, you know, I've, I've, had, I've had hogs pick me off from several hundred yards away. Um, maybe not several, but, you know, two, three hundred yards away because I – basically took their eyes for granted, you know, and just thought I could get away with it walking out and being lazy. And so stay in that cover as long as you can till you get your wind right and then make your move. But one thing that makes hogs easier to sneak up on than let's say a deer is that they're usually rooting around. They have their head down in the ground, digging for, you know, grubs, worms, roots, whatever it is they eat. Um, and so that can give you a good opportunity to make some pretty solid moves because they, again, their nose is in the ground, they're kicking up dirt, they're looking through what they're kicking up. And so they can stay pretty distracted. And so it's definitely more possible to sneak up on a hog than a deer, almost just because of that single fact. Um, one thing, another keep to keep in mind was you are making your approach, you know, if there's a group, you definitely got to keep your eye out for the other hogs, not just the one you're watching and targeting. Um, you know, they, even those small ones, they'll, they'll see you pick you off. And, uh, once one of them sees you, you know, they're all off to the races. So you really got to watch out for that. 
And then my last tip for spot and stock is I highly recommend shooting sticks because especially in the daytime, um, you know, as you're getting closer and closer, there's going to come a point where you just can't get any closer. And, you know, sometimes that may be 50 yards, sometimes that may be 100 yards. And trying to make some of those shots freehand is not always a good idea. And so I have a set of, I think they're made by Primos. It's like the Jim Shockey uh, sticks. And I just have the bipod version. They make a tripod version, which if you can afford it, highly recommend. But um, I just have the bipod. They're a little cheaper. And they are great. I mean, I've thrown them in the back of the truck. I've thrown them in the back of the ATV, um, under the seat. Uh, but yeah, they're great. They go down. I don't know. Like you can get on a knee and use them. You can stand straight up and use them. So if you're going to be doing some spot and stock, I highly recommend shooting sticks. Now it's time for one of the not so traditional hunting methods, and that is spotlighting. And right off the bat, um, I would encourage you to go back to the game warden episode. We talk about spotlighting for hogs and all the regulations that come along with that. Um, there's an online form so you can let uh, the game commission know that you're going to be spotlighting and make sure you have the right license. Um, if you're spotlighting during deer season, I believe they require you to have a deer license. And so, yeah, just right off the bat, you need to make sure you're, you're legal. But uh, I did a lot of spotlighting back in the day, back in my high school days, um, running around my grandpa's farm that I've talked about uh, previously. Uh, you know, it was right along the Red River. He had a lot of open flat country, and so I did a ton of spotlighting back in the day. And the best tip I can give you is always be ready because a lot of times you can't see, you know, super far out. Um, a lot of people like to do this from a vehicle or an ATV. Um, and again, with that, make sure you're legal, make sure you're not doing it on a public road or anything, but you know, if you're out there in the pasture, you're good, but, uh, just make sure you're ready because, you know, it's completely dark. And then all of a sudden you're driving along and wham, you might find a hog 30 yards away. And so you always got to be ready because they're going to pop out when you least expect it. And, you know, a lot of times if they, if they're not very pressured, you can get pretty close. Um, you know, when it's dark, that is a hog's element. Like they, they're very nocturnal. They love getting out there, especially in wide, you know, that's when you're going to find them in a wide open field. And if you have a, you know, fairly quiet vehicle and you're being fairly quiet, you can really get close to them. And, uh, and this, this next tip kind of comes into whether you have pressured hogs or not pressured hogs. If you're in an area where they don't get a lot of nighttime pressure, um, I like to do fairly quick sweeps with my light. And if you hit them and they're you know, pretty good ways off, don't hold that light on them. Just continue to sweep through, shut that light off. And a lot of times you can drive a lot closer to them and then turn your light on. Now, if you're hunting in a pressured area and these hogs have been shot at, that's not going to work. Um, I'll just tell you that because I've tried it and it doesn't work. If they, if they, you know, are used to spotlights and they've been shot at a lot, if they're far off, then the only tip I can give you is to hurry up and get over there because they're going to head for cover. But if you don't do it too often, or if you're in a new spot or, you know, you have a, like, you know, maybe you stumble upon a large landowner that doesn't hunt them. Um, yeah, I, I always like to work my light fairly quick one, just to cover ground, make sure you're seeing everything. But two, you know, if they're a little ways off, a lot of times you can just brush that light straight over them, shut your light off, and try to get closer before you turn it back on um, so that you have a better shot. And then also, you know, spotlighting, you better be prepared to shoot at a moving target because 
it's very, very rare that you hit those things with a light and they don't run. Um, you know, this is kind of how I started hog hunting. Like I said, you know, back in my grandpa's place, spotlighting and I shot, I bet I shot 20 hogs running before I ever shot one standing still. Um, because that's just how it happens at nighttime. And so hopefully you're in a nice, big, wide open spot. Um, you have some room to, to run. Um, yeah. And be careful, be careful at night. Always make sure you know what's behind you. Always make sure you know what's around. Make sure there's not cattle where you're hunting. Um, because uh, I know it sounds funny, but at night when you're out there with that spotlight, a big hog and a small cow can look very much alike. And so you really got to know your target. And especially if you have multiple people out there, you know, it's hard to coordinate with the light. You know, if you have somebody holding the light and somebody shooting, sometimes it can be hard to coordinate, you know, where the light's at, where it's going with the gun. And so just, you really, really got to be careful of where that light's going and more importantly where that bullet is going and so there's not a whole lot to spotlighting i mean you drive around cover as much ground as you can and make nice smooth fast swoops with that light and and don't forget to check both sides of you you know if uh let's say you know a lot of times when we would do it the person driving would also run the light so that the passenger could uh be the gunman um but yeah don't just you know, don't just shine on the driver's side, hold your hand up over the cab or, you know, go down on one side, come back on the other, do something, but just make sure you're checking the whole field. I wish there was more to, uh, to spotlighting, but there's honestly not much you can say. You drive around with a light and you shoot pigs and you need to be really careful. So we're going to move on to the next topic now. So this next tactic is probably one of the funnest, one of the coolest to watch and maybe one of the fastest growing and that is thermal and night vision hunting. And for those who don't know the difference between the two, night vision is like what you see on a movie, you know, the kind of the greenish tint, um, really good detail. You can make out a lot. That's why you see a lot more military personnel using night vision is because you get a lot more detail and depth perception than you do with thermal. Thermal, on the other hand, is based on heat. And so everything gives off heat and they give off different amounts and so you can really tell one thing from another based on how much heat it gives off. And so like in this hunting situation, hogs are a live animal. They are giving off way more heat than, say, a tree or the grass or anything like that. And so it is really good for making things out, especially far away. Um, thermals by far the best way to spot critters out there. Um, you can pick things up further than a spotlight. You can... It just it stands out way more than like a night vision or anything else really, because all you're getting is that heat sensor, and then you know as you get closer or if you have a better thermal, you can make out more detail. And I mean it's you can definitely tell whether it is a hog, a deer, a cow, a raccoon, a possum, anything. You know obviously the more money you spend, the more quality you're going to get. But you know as technology is advancing, they're coming down cheaper. We actually purchased one for the ranch a few years ago because the hogs were doing so much damage to our hay crop. Um, they were just tearing <laughs> tearing the entire pasture up. You couldn't even drive a tractor across it. So then we were having to spend money to go out there, plow it under, use a skid steer to smooth it out. It was just taking up a lot of time and money. And so we purchased a thermal, and so that's why I have experience with it is because we have one, and I've used it quite a bit. 
Um, and so this next section, I'm going to focus more on thermal than I am night vision because I have more experience with it. And I think overall, it's probably more popular. Um, you know, if money was not an option, I've always heard that the best combo would be having a thermal to spot stuff with and then night vision to actually shoot stuff with. Because like I said earlier, you can see and make things out better with night vision. Um, but you just don't have that advantage of being able to spot things really far away. And so... If money's not an option, then get both. But for me, it is an option, and so uh, I'm just stuck with the one that the that the ranch purchased. And so, but anyway, let's uh, let's get into this hunting stuff. And so, the first tip I have for you is practice judging distance in the daytime. And so, the neat thing about thermal as opposed to night vision is it works day or night because all it's doing is picking up heat. Um, but you'll find that it's really, really hard to judge distance when you're just looking through that thermal. And so it takes a lot of practice. And so I actually went out in the daytime and, you know, I'd pick a tree and, and it doesn't matter if you have a rangefinder or not, cause it's more kind of, you, you can't use a rangefinder at night. And so you need to kind of practice. And so I'd, you know, pick a tree that I knew was 50 yards away with my you know naked eyes and then i look through the thermal and just kind of basically you have to make a, a mental picture of what it looks like at 50 yards and just kind of do things at different distances and typically you are closer to things than what you think which in this you know in a hunting situation can be scary because if you're walking up on a giant hog and you think you're still 80 yards away and really you're 40 yards away that can you know potentially be a dangerous situation and so it takes some practice to get used to just judging how far away things are. And then the next tip is you need to really know your equipment before you start hunting with it. And what I mean by this is not necessarily just how it operates, but how you use it, where the buttons are, where the batteries are. Um, because when you, you know, if you're going full out and using a thermal, you don't want any light. And there's been a couple times where, you know, I've been walking up on a big group of pigs and my batteries have died. And so you got to be able to, you know, unscrew that cap, switch the batteries out without ever turning a light on. Because if you turn the light on, it completely, you know, takes away from the purpose of using a thermal. And so you got to know where all your switches are. You got to know how to change settings. And you got to be able to do all that without using light. And even being able to clip the thermal on your gun, um, you know, if, if, you, if you're first time purchasing and you're on a budget like we were, you know, we bought a thermal that clips on to an AR platform. And so that way you can unclip it, use it as a spotter, you know, scan and look and find your target, use it to kind of get in range. And then I, without looking, can clip it on my gun in the right spot so it's still sighted on, sighted in. And that just comes up with time and practice and repetition. But you need to be able to do that stuff because turning on a light when you're, you know, 50 yards from a group of hogs is just not an option. And so you really got to know your equipment. Um, I had in my notes here, if you're a first-time buyer, I highly recommend the clip-on. I just talked about that. It's just It just makes it more mobile. You know, if you, if you have the money, buy a dedicated one for your gun and buy a monocular or binoculars for your eyes to find things. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, it's way easier. But, you know, you can get by with just having one with the clip-on version. Use it as a spotter and then clip it onto your gun. Um, when it comes to hunting at night, um, you don't have to worry about, you know, the hogs seeing you very much. I will say if it's a full moon, they will see you and they will run away. Uh, I've had that happen. 
Uh, full moons are a great time to hunt because you normally have a lot of activity, but you do have to be careful because they can spot you walking up with that full moon. But the two things you really need to be more worried about is wind and sound. And sound, like you know, I talked about earlier about how sound is a big deal. It is less of a big deal at night because, like I said before, hogs are creatures of the night, and that is their domain. And they calm way down at night as opposed to the daytime. But you still need to be relatively quiet. The main thing that's going to get you at night uh, hunting with a thermal is the wind, just like in the daytime. Um, But even then, like, just... Just because it is nighttime and they kind of own the night, like they are a little bit more tolerant um, of scent, but you still want to keep it in your favor because I have been busted before. Uh, I've been busted multiple times, but uh, but you can get away with a little bit more. But, you know, at least have that crosswind. It doesn't necessarily have to be full in your face, but at least have a crosswind to where they're not going to be smelling you the whole time you're walking up on them. And then... Like I talked about earlier, knowing your range, you can get scary close to these things at night. Um, you know, a lot of times they're out there, they're rooting around. Uh, if there's a group, they're making noise. You know, there's thing, there are other hogs walking all over the place. If you have the wind in your favor, you can get really close. And so watch out for that because, I mean, you could just about walk straight into the pack. And so you want to make sure you know your distance so that you don't get too close. And again, like we said with the spot and stocking, it's really, really awesome to have shooting sticks with you. Um, and kind of, you know, thermal almost combines all the other strategies together. You know, you really want to have a good, solid first shot when those pigs are still calm, hanging out. Um, so a good shoot, a good set of shooting sticks is a big help. Um, after that first shot, the hogs are going to scatter. Um, you really got to watch out when they scatter because they're going to be frightened, obviously, and they're going to run all types of directions, and that includes possibly running straight at you. I've killed a handful of hogs within 10 yards even, and not that they were charging. Like, I don't think they were charging. They're just scared, and they scatter, and they don't know where that loud noise just came from, and they're just trying to get away from it. And sometimes, you know, I always scan in front of me after I shoot to watch out for hogs coming at me. And even after I've done some other shooting, you know, let's say I, you know, take a hog running left and I do some shooting, I will almost always scan in front of me before I move to the next target just to make sure, you know, once they spread out some more, then you don't have to be that careful. But when you start shooting, you just, you got to watch out because you don't want a hog in your lap with you. And just like we mentioned with the spotlighting, Watch where you're shooting. Watch behind your target. You know, make sure you don't shoot high over a hill or anything like that. If you're hunting with more people, and we'll we'll cover that a little bit more in a second, make sure you're not shooting your buddy, you know, as you swing around. Uh, I've done most of my thermal hunting by myself because we only have one, and, you know, we can't afford more. And so um, I do a lot of hunting by myself. And, again, that's also part of the reason I'm so careful about watching out for hogs in front of me because I don't have backup. Um, but just, you really got to pay attention to where you're shooting, where those hogs are going, because in this instance, you know, you are going to get a lot of shots. Um, typically you, this is, this is when you do want an AR, you know, I, I, I use a 308 with the, the thermal on top, um, 20 round mag. And this is when you get that dream situation of a huge group of hogs way out in the middle of nowhere that you can sneak up on, get in close and really go to town on them. Um, when they start running, again, take your time on that first shot. Use your shooting sticks. 
Pick one target. Don't just shoot into the group. Pick one target and make a solid first shot. And then when they start running, again, I like that set of shooting sticks I talked about earlier, the Primo set, because the top swivels. And you can start swinging. And it almost, you got to think of it like bird hunting. You know, when you're making a running shot, I like to swing through the animal, starting at the tail, you know, swing through and hold that lead. And you have to lead them a whole lot more than you think if they're on a full out run. Um, I like to give them almost two pig links. And another great advantage to technology is there's a ton of YouTube videos um, that you can go and watch. And that's honestly how I learned to do my lead is watching YouTube videos. And if you watch those guys, you know, sometimes the hog is barely even in the picture because they're leading them so much. And so you got to get a good lead on them. And, you know, with those shooting sticks, again, that really takes care of the up and down. That's not the hard part. You can usually stay fairly level. It's getting the lead right that's the hard part. And so just, like I said, a, a good place to start is a two-pig lead. And nine times out of ten, you're going to be shooting behind them and not in front of them. So if you got one pig that you're focusing on, you're shooting and you're not hitting them, try giving them a little more lead. And for those of you listening and thinking this sounds like pandemonium, it kind of is. I mean, it gets hectic. And so if I do have somebody coming out with me, you know, I have some buddies that have thermals. um, I always make a game plan before we go walking out into the field. And we're really good about assigning positions. You know, you're going to be on the right. You're going to be on the left. If you have people in the middle, that's fine. Uh, But just make sure you know where people are out. And before we ever start shooting, we line out um, almost like we're going to, you know, make a push through the woods for a deer or quail or whatever. We like to make sure we're in a straight line and shoot out in front of us. And just like with anything, you know, use your common sense. You know, if you're on the right, you shoot the pigs on the right. If you're on the left, you shoot the pigs on the left. And, but really, you know, the more people you have, the more complicated it gets. I never want to go above four. I've never hunted with more than four people. I really like to keep it three and below. Um, You know, like I said, I've done it by myself. With two people, it's super simple. One person shoots left, one person shoots right. With three people, it gets a little more complicated. You know, you got that person in the middle. And the more people you add, the more complicated it gets. And so I like to have a, a make sure we have a plan. We're all on the same track. Usually when we're walking out to the pigs, we'll be in a straight line, uh, lined up, like, you know, in an arrow facing the pigs. One person in the lead keeping track. When you get to the right distance, you know, you kind of give the signal, you fan out, you make sure you're in a straight line, and then you can start shooting. And sometimes we'll do a one, two, three count. Um, sometimes we'll just let one person start. Well, a lot of times if we have a, a somebody who hasn't done it with it before, we'll just let them shoot first, and then that's the key for everybody else to start shooting. But just make sure you have a plan going into it because you don't want to wind up 40 yards from a group of pigs in the dark with multiple people and nobody knows what's going on. So plan it out before times and you can do it safe and effective. And so biggest tips for hunting at night, know your equipment. Um, be careful. You don't get too close and keep track of where you're shooting and where your buddies are. All right. We got one last technique and unfortunately is the one, it is the one technique I've never done and that is helicopter hog hunting. Um, I actually was supposed to do it one time with like a, it was like a company thing. And, you know, I was just invited along. I didn't have to pay for it. And we show up and they took the first group out and they came back and it had rained like four inches the night before. And they just, 
couldn't find the animals because it was too flooded and they were all bunched up, I guess. And so I did have one opportunity to do it, but it didn't work out. So I've never actually done it, but I have known people who've done it. And so I have a few things to touch on. Um, obviously if you go with someone, you're probably going to go with an outfitter. I don't know too many people who have a helicopter in their back pocket that they can do this whenever they want. Um, if you do give me a call because I will definitely come with you. But, uh, yeah, most likely you're, most likely you're going to be hiring an outfitter to do this. And so they're going to give you plenty of instruction, but a few tips that I've, uh, I've heard and, uh, was prepared to use was the number one is you actually don't have to lead the hogs when you're in a helicopter. And if you think about it, you know, the helicopter will be moving also. And so it, it sounds weird, but basically if you're moving the same speed as the hog, you don't need to lead it. And again, I've not personally tried this, um, but one of my buddies has done it several times and that's what the pilot told him. And he is deadly out of that helicopter. Um, so you don't need to lead them. Uh, another tip is don't throw stuff out of the, (laughs) out of the helicopter. Um, my grandpa actually got to do this one time before he passed away and he, uh, I don't know what he was, I guess he just got excited. He, he thought he was, uh, you know, in Vietnam or something. He was unloading his magazine, ejecting it, and just throwing it out the window of the helicopter. And so don't throw things out of the helicopter. And uh, and also don't fall out, you know. Make sure you're getting strapped in. Um, again, like I would love to do this, but I haven't done it, so I don't want to talk about it too much. Um, the only real tip I have is that you don't need to lead the hogs. Just aim dead on. Um so yeah, uh, that is just about going to wrap it up. I do have a few random uh, tips down here at the bottom that I want to cover before I leave you guys. Um, the first one is always be careful when approaching a downed hog. You know, whether you made a great shot, a poor shot, doesn't matter. These things have a reputation for a reason. You know, they can be dangerous. Um, I, I tell people all the time that I've probably gotten too comfortable around them because I've been around them so much. Uh, but they do have teeth, they can be aggressive, and they can hurt you. And so if you shoot a hog, always use caution walking up to it. I usually like to give a few, you know, yells, hey, 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 uh, approach it from the rear, you know, poke it uh, with your gun barrel, um, and be ready for that thing to jump up. I have had a few jump up on me, luckily not close, you know, I've always, I usually start my yelling when I'm, you know, 20 yards away or something, Um, but I have had, I've had, one jump up and actually turn at me. Um, and I've had a few others flop that, you know, I thought they were completely dead and they weren't completely dead. So just, you do have to show these things some respect. Um, so always be careful when you're approaching them, uh, kind of going along with that. You don't have to be terrified of these critters. You know, they, they have this reputation, you know, hogzilla and treeing people and all this crazy stuff. And, they're you know they're kind of like black bears if if you've ever been around a black bear like they can hurt you but that's really not their first thing um you know show them some respect 99 out of 100 or maybe even 999 out of a thousand they're going to want to run away from you and not come at you um so you do have to show them some respect but you don't have to be just flat out terrified of them um and so you know if you're going to be in brushy areas where hogs hang out, respect them, but you don't have to lose sleep over it. And kind of the last thing to close out here, if there's one thing I've learned about hogs, it's that they are completely unpredictable. 
And I mean that in every aspect that you can think of, you know, just like I was talking about with their attitude, most of the time they're going to run away, but I have had some come at me, you know, I've had them locked on a feeder, you know, 20 days in a row. And then just all of a sudden they're gone. Um, you know, sometimes a rainstorm might push them off the feeder. Sometimes, I don't know, maybe something, maybe a farmer drove by or something. And sometimes nothing happens. Like, I, I mean, I've had hogs, like I said, just add a feeder every day. And then all of a sudden just boom, they're gone. Um, like I said, attitude, toughness, you know, I've had some that seemed kind of wimpy and, you know, I barely hit them and they just laid down. Um, and then I've had others that have just soaked up lead like crazy and, and you don't understand what's going on. And so, like I said, if I've learned anything, it's just that you never know what to expect with these things. And that's what makes them fun, but it's also what can make them dangerous. And so give them res the respect they need. Um, and man, they are fun to hunt. Like, you know, I, I keep talking about how I hate them and I kind of do. <laughs> uh, but man, I will say they are fun and I have had some really fun times and I've recently learned how to cook them better. Um, you know, using the smoker and I love eating them now. I didn't used to, I used to think they were gamey and tough and nasty, but you know, once I, I feel like it's just becoming more popular to hunt them and eat them now. And so you have more people, learning how to do it and learning how to do it correctly. And man, we have made some delicious hog. So keep that in mind. You know, you don't always just have to drag them off and throw them in a ditch, but if that's what you decide to do. That's okay with me. It's completely legal. I know a lot of people who don't have to deal with hogs may not understand that, but you know, when you're killing 70 a year, or even if you're killing 10 a year, you know, if you can't always eat 10 hogs. And so, man, we got to get rid of them, you know, do your part. <laughs> That's all I can say, you know, coming from a, from a ranching and ag background, uh, you know, my grandpa was a farmer and, you know, I, I remember my grandpa having to completely replant a 70 acre field because hogs tore it up in like two nights. And so they just, there's no getting rid of them, but we can do our part to try to manage them. And so, I know there's some resources out there um, as far as trapping and having people come out and take care of them. Um, I know the Choctaw Nation has some services. I know that the state has some services. And so if you're out there listening to this and you, you, you know, you're one of those people that says, I can't kill them fast enough, reach out because there is help and uh, there are people to help you out. I have a feeling there's more than one listeners of this podcast who would be more than willing to come and shoot some hogs for you and so don't give up and uh you know together we can put a dent in these things and hopefully try to keep them under control and with that we're pretty much going to shut her down uh hope you guys enjoyed this episode i hope you guys learned something from it if you aren't from a place where they have hogs one consider yourself lucky but two come on down and try it out sometime because it is a lot of fun you know I, they are annoying but they are a lot of fun i you know i'll give them that and so I hope everybody could learn something from this. Got a few tips out of it. Uh, please hit me up on social media. Let me know how I'm doing. Let me know if there's any topics you want me to cover. Um, yeah, that's about all I have. And so thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week, and I will talk to you guys later. Yeah.